I've told you the story about the fella that came, a true story. He came and he was dressed up uh, in, in, looked like he was homeless, looked like he was uh, just disheveled. And he came in here and our people right back there in that section right back there showed love, compassion. Uh, we gave him some money. And as he was going out the door, he turned around and he said, he didn't really dress this way normally. He wasn't really that way. It was a test. And I said, how do we do on the test? And he said, you passed the test. And he, listen, I want you always, I want us always to show the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in every way that we can to every person that we possibly can. I want you to turn around right now and tell somebody you're glad to see him. Come on, let's do that right now. Good to see you. Good to see you back here. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to be in God's house? Say amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If there's anyone here who is a guest for the first time or the first time in a long time, if you're a guest for the first time or the first time in a long time, we want to give you a packet of material and a registration card so we have a record of your attendance. And then also one of our little pins that says, People carrying Jesus sharing. If you're a first-timer, raise your hand. First time in a long time, raise your hand. Anybody like that? First time, first time in a long time. God bless you. So glad that you come out today. Listen, uh, I have been asked to mention, because the Beast Feast is coming up this next Saturday, one of our big events for the entire year. I want, I want your attention now. Everybody listen up. It's great. It's fantastic. Not only do we have the greatest food, and have the most fun, and have the best prizes given away, absolutely free. There's no charge for this. But we have a large, a large group of visitors. Last year, about 60 visitors, and uh, about 20 or 30 receiving Christ as Savior. And that's why we do what we do. We want to show the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for Beast Feast. So, a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to ask the men to stay after the service to help set up tables downstairs. If you'll meet with Brother Tyler, he'll, he'll be there uh, ready to organize you downstairs after the dismissal of the Hispanic service. Then, without disturbing them, set up the tables so we're all set and we're, the place is going to be filled. And so we need to set up for that after the service today. Thank you for that. And then also, we've still got some room on the sign-up. And uh, if you haven't signed up for the Beast Feast food, you can help out with that. We have venison, which will be distributed. And Brother Tyler will be in charge of that venison distribution. Go down the steps, downstairs, and there will be venison to distribute. And uh, if you're going to be cooking spaghetti, meatloaf, sweet and sour, barbecue, you know, chili... Uh, stroganoff, whatever it is, anything you can do with beef, you can do with venison. The venison has been provided. We're giving it to you to fix for next Saturday for our beast feast. Oh, it's going to be great. Now we're going to have other, other wild game meats. We're going to have fish and we're going to have domestic meat as well. We need you to cook some side dishes, vegetables, salads, so forth. And everybody bring several desserts. Let's do that. Now I've got the sign-up sheet here and I want you to add your name to that, if you would, please. Uh, in the past few weeks, uh, Brother Daquan, we have hung a lot of, of door hangers in the area, 
And these have contained not only our church information, but the flyers for the Beast Feast. And uh, we would like to give out what's remaining of those flyers. If you'd like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, however many you want. This is what we've got left. And we want to get those distributed. So ushers, I'm going to use you for this and for several other things. How many would you like? One, two, three, four, five. Raise your hands, please. We'll give you out the flyers to distribute. Men and boys, absolutely free. As many guests as we can get here. The Beast Feast will begin. Come on, take some, guys. Take some. As many as you can use. As many as you can distribute. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. One o'clock we start the activities. And we're being very, very positive about this. We've got... Uh, bow shooting and fly casting and uh, other games for the kids. All kinds of things going on out there. We want you to be here bright and early, 1 o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock, the meal, the program, and the prize giveaway. We have got, uh, everybody fills out a registration tag like you would if you're going hunting. And we put that in a drawing. And then we just draw out the names and people get some wonderful things. We've given away muzzle loaders. We've given away, we've given away all kinds of hunting and fishing equipment and, and game uh, competition balls, all kinds of things. Just a great time will be had by all. How many of you are looking forward to the Beast Feast? Raise your hands. Amen. Let's bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on. They're going to enjoy their time with us. Fantastic. All right. Now, also, let me just say this real quickly. We've got some, got some March, April, and May items down here. And uh, this is the latest. And we're, we're coming to the end of February. We've got the Days of Praise, March, April, May. And we've got the Acts and Facts. And that's a fine-looking lizard on there. All right. And it's for creation, for God, for the Bible. I want to give one to everybody. If you want more than one, ushers are coming right now. Uh, take a handful of each. All right. And uh, we've got them right there divided up. So take a handful of each, if you would, please, and distribute what you can in each section. All right, we're going to need some more help, I think. All right, let's go ahead and take care of that. Thank you for taking those absolutely free. Share them with others, if you would like. I know they will appreciate that so very much as well. We are finishing up right now our... <clears throat> Uh, effort to get the Bible, just like the ones on the back of the benches in front of you, the Beams Bibles. These are <clears throat> wonderful hardback Bibles sewn in pages. I mean, great quality. And of course, in whatever language the people speak in the third world, whether it's English like we uh, speak or uh, some other language, $8 provides one of these and it will last for generations in the third world. And we want to get as many of these out, we've been receiving the offering January through February. So today we'll officially end this year's offering effort, $8 times whatever you want to give. Use the offering envelopes that are on the back of the bench in front of you that say, give the gift of God's Word. Our ushers are going to go back down the aisles with those now that are left down here. We've got offering envelopes. And take it, just put a dollar in, or five dollars, or ten dollars, or a hundred dollars, whatever you can put in there. And uh, we want to share those with people right now and, uh, and make sure that everybody gets a chance. You out there that are viewing online, you can still get in on this giving. I hope that you will. Let's get the Word of God into the hands of so many, so many people. I know the uh, 
special days that are coming up have got, they've grabbed your attention. I mean, we're already thinking about it. Uh, Easter, Palm Sunday, we call Easter Resurrection Sunday, comes earlier this year than, than often in the past. And so our musicale is going to be Sunday morning, uh, the 31st of March, 11 o'clock right here. We're getting our choirs ready. They're going to start practicing in earnest in the afternoons on Sundays beginning next Sunday. So we'd like to have all the elementary kids come at 5 for the 5 o'clock hour. And we'd like the adults to drop them off and then be in their place, the adults, uh, to rehearse at 5.30 uh, so that we'll be prepared for the musicale on the 31st of March. Now help us out with that. So beginning to practice next week, the 3rd of March. Thank you so much. Also, I've mentioned Palm Sunday. That'll be on the 24th, and we will have palms as we have in the past. Come on out, invite people. Let them be a part of this as well. Tuesday night, Tuesday night, the 26th of March, we will have our Passover Lord's Supper for our local church family. It's at 7.30 in the evening. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Then in chapter 11 it says, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. It's symbolic. And some years ago we introduced this procedure. I hope that you'll make plans right now. Mark it down. That's Tuesday night, the 26th of March at 7.30 in the evening. Help the shut-ins and others to come and to be here for this great observance. It'll be by candlelight and a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Later on in the month of April, we'll have an extravaganza on the 20th. Don't miss that. We're going to start planning for that. And then the 27th will be the Ladies and Girls Spring Tea at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, absolutely free. And we'll begin to promote that some more. And let's invite people out. We never charge for anything, so it's all absolutely free. Now, you can help out with the Briones offering that will be starting then next week. Using the red love offering envelopes, we're going to give to the Briones the money that they use to rent their church facility meeting place. They're in their second church plant. We've been supporting them from the beginning in this way. We've been paying their rent. And it's been like $200 a month or so. And we're down to four months worth right now in the fund. And so next week... We're going to begin receiving the love offering for the Briones to pay their church rent for the church building in the Philippines. And we're going to try to raise one or two years worth of rent. So help us with that. You're always so good about it. God bless you. Man, I am so thankful for people that are so generous. And you certainly are. That is fantastic. Uh, let me also say that our hearts go out to those who can't be with us today. We're praying again for Brother Gabe. Pray for Gabe, if you would. As you know, uh, he had a minor stroke. He's off work. He's uh, unsteady and dizzy and, and needs uh, to get well and was hoping to come today. But uh, during the week, uh, things worsened a little bit. So pray for Brother Gabe. How many of you will pray for Gabe when you think, amen? Uh, Brother Gabe, hands went up all over the place, brother. Amen. Quinn, we miss you, folks. Trust that you'll be back soon. And uh, we also want to pray uh, for... Those who are bereaved, as you know, the service of memory for Norris Price will be tomorrow 
at Mount Castle. 10 o'clock visitation, 11 o'clock will be the service. Uh, Brother Tyler Candy and I will be co-officiating that service of memory. It will be followed by interment out at Quantico. So pray for us, come join us. We'd love to have a good crowd to come and be a support for Aksuk and the family. Then uh, if you have not heard, uh, our hearts go out to uh, Bonnie Thurston and family. Uh, Roger Sr. passed away yesterday. He had been, uh, of course, in treatment for cancer for quite some time and uh, was not able to eat uh, solid food. He, he fell, and uh, as a result of the fall, ultimately, he passed peacefully yesterday. Pray for God's comfort and grace, and we'll have information about the services that will be upcoming, but we want to pray for all these folks, and we're very thankful that God's grace is always sufficient. How many of you believe that? Amen. God's love and His grace is just absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Got your bulletin? Take a look at the front. You online, you can scroll down and tap and get a digital format of the bulletin. Love that lasts to the end. Love that lasts to the end. The two scripture portions that are used, along with the, the picture that illustrates God's people in God's house. It says, uh, He, that is Jesus, loved them unto the end. That's John chapter 13. Jesus loved them unto the end. We've already read, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What did Jesus do? He exemplified that. Not only did He, in fact, pay the sin debt with His shed blood, His death, burial, and resurrection, but likewise He showed us how to live to die to a self-willed way of life. You know that none of us, in choosing our own way, could possibly pick out a life worth living. God living through us, people seeing Jesus Christ out of our life, is the way for us to live. Die to a self-willed way of life. Amen and amen. In Song of Solomon, we read the second portion of Scripture. Love is strong as death. There it is. There it is. Love is as strong as death. When I think about love for a lifetime, I think about those that have been married a long, long time. It doesn't mean that you always feel love the same way. Now, that would be ideal, and that would be good. <clears throat> but love is more than a feeling. How many of you know that? Love is a commitment it's a promise, and it's a co commitment and a promise kept. And once again, God gives us the example of that. I feel badly for those who have changed their wedding vows, or they've done away with them, but some have changed as long as you both shall love, not as long as you both shall live, thinking that love is a feeling, and it's not. It's a commitment. It's a promise. That's it. And I'm glad that, that we can convey that same love God's love, the highest form, agape love, is the love that He first showed us love with, so that we in turn can extend that love to Him and to others. Love that is God's love can be love that lasts a lifetime, even into eternity. Praise God for that. Amen and amen. Love to the end. When I think of that I think about Jesus Christ sacrificially 
being crushed. I saw an illustration one time. A preacher was preaching and it said, Jesus Christ, the rose of Sharon. And he had a beautiful, fresh red rose. And he said, like that red rose, Jesus gave his life sacrificially. Then he took out his white handkerchief, placed the red rose in the white handkerchief, and then crushed the rose. Laid down the fragments of that broken rose and held up that white handkerchief, now stained with the redness of that flower. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth from all sin. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it. He washed it white as snow. We have an admonition in the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to a number of scriptures today. In Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. And in verse number 2. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse number 2. Our Bible is very, very clear. It says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Verse 1. And verse 2. Walk in love. Walk in agape. Walk in God's perfect love. That's the love that emanates from within. It is not because of the object, but because of the giver. Because of the one sharing and showing the love. God's love is so great because God is love. God comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He saves us. He transforms us. He turns us right side up. He makes us new creatures. And in so doing, He gives us the capacity to love. Those today who say, I've been so wounded, I've been so hurt by people around me, by those who have done me wrong, by those who have... I mean, it, it reads like the script of a country western song. And they've got all those things that they can say have been done to them that have caused them to be wounded and damaged goods. Listen to me right now. God specializes in healing the wounded and in raising up the broken and the hurting and helping us to experience that greatest love of all. Stop looking inward and begin to draw upon what God is and what God has done. Don't tell me that you can't be right. Don't tell me that you can't experience God's love. God has so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He has given to us new life. We have that in Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, then here's what the Scripture says. Walk in love. Live it out. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. But I'm not getting love back, you say. The love of God is enough. Say, wait a minute, not me. You don't make the rules or the terms. The love of God is enough. If nobody else loved you, Jesus loved you. God loves you. Don't tell me you can't function. I, I tell you what, I'm sympathetic. I'm going to go as far as I can and say that I'm sympathetic but I'm telling you, scripturally, it's not good. It's not going to, listen, it's not going to hold water. 
When you say, I've been hurt so bad, I can't love, I can't function, I can't be anything or anybody for God. Listen, you can be exactly who God wants you to be for Him. Preacher, I come in here and I feel all beat up by the world and now you're beating on me too. No, I'm not. They're trying to wake you up, get your attention and help you realize that this humanistic world has infected the thinking of Christians so we think in a humanistic way instead of knowing that God so loved the world. God is all you need. Jesus is all you need. And you're going to find out there's a whole lot of other people. When they experience what you've experienced, you're going to have a family. You're going to have friendship. You're going to have love. You're going to have It's going to be coming from all directions all around. All around. And I'm having way too much fun, sweetie. Said that so often. It's true. I'm having more fun than we ought to have a lot more than I deserve. I'm having a good time being saved. I'm having a good time on the way to glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Tell you what, if, if Brother John, if I were Pentecostal, this is when I'd run right now. All right, because glory to God. I'm telling you, God has done and is everything that we need. He has provided it all. That person that's all alone. Are you meaning to tell me, you that disagree, that John, the beloved apostle, now the aged apostle, sitting on that chunk of rock in the middle of the Mediterranean, didn't have God's love poured out upon him and shown to him in such a magnificent way? He said he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, sitting on that rock, not another human being anywhere for miles the Roman Empire had put him out there. I'm told according to tradition they tried to kill him. It didn't work. So they stuck him on a rock and he's out there. And you say, oh man, what a terrible way to end up your life. And he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And guess who came to visit him? King Jesus came to visit him. And the Holy Spirit inspired him to write the last book, book number 66 of the Bible, the Revelation. How many times have we read about those wonderful things that God has told us about the present and about the future? That's what John got. About the time you think you're all alone, I want you to think about Peter sitting down in that prison. Peter sitting in that prison. And they're having a prayer meeting, a bunch of prayer warriors that didn't even believe their prayers were getting heard. Uh, at least they, they weren't in tune at that point. And they're praying and they're praying and they're praying and they're praying and they're praying. And an angel comes and says, come on, Peter, we're going out of here. Got out of that prison. I'll never forget when a five-time felon by the name of Clay got saved in Southern California. We were going door to door. And we were in a place called Sky Harbor. And it was outside two little towns between the two of them. We're going door to door, knocking on the doors, knocked on the door, and a lady came uh, to the door, and she seemed to, seemed to be a little upset. She had been crying. She came to the door. We told her who we were, and she said, I was just praying someone would come. She wasn't saved at that time, but before we left, we led her to Jesus. Her name was Virginia. She had a husband by the name of Clay. Clay was a five-time felon but before they had the three-strike rules in California. He'd been in and out of all the worst kinds of prisons and situations, and he had been an enforcer. He'd been an enforcer. He would break kneecaps and so forth, and he would collect money. He was an enforcer. And, uh, and she said, he's not home now, but he'll come home from work. When he gets home, I want you to come by. And so we made an appointment to come by. We went by. 
And Clay was there, and it was in the high desert, so it was hot, and he had his shirt off. He looked like he was, he looked like Schwarzenegger. And he had a bandana around his head. I noticed that, and I thought, man, that's so, that is so 70s, man. That is so, so 70s. But he had a bandana, and I found out later on why. Clay was addicted to heroin, and he kept his works up there in his bandana. In his headband. We talked about Jesus and he received Jesus Christ as the Savior and immediately God was taking things away from him and he took off that bandana and he handed it to me. He said, here preacher, take this. I don't need this anymore. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm ashamed to confess this. You can't, can't put me in jail now for it. Statue of limitations has run out. I took that with me and I forgot about it. I put it in the car. Man, if I'd been pulled over, I'd been in big, big trouble. It ended up some other place. But Clay got saved. He got radically saved. I baptized them. And Clay decided he was going to go out and get a suit. So he went to my favorite place to shop, the thrift store. Got himself a suit. And first Sunday, he was standing out front of my Sunday, Sunday school class door. And I wondered why people weren't coming in. Usually people would come in and I'd sit at the piano in that Sunday school class working with my folks. My dad was the senior pastor. I was the associate. I would play the piano. Folks come in. We'd sing along and we'd start Sunday school. No one was coming in. The reason was he was standing out there. I came out, I said, Clay, come on inside, man. Come on inside. Have a seat. They, I mean, he was formidable looking. He really was. The reason I'm telling you this whole story, God radically saved him. He said, you know, I got one thing. He says, I, I, I just love the taste of beer. Now, I can't stand it. We, we had a ministry. We had a ministry for a while in um, La Crosse, Wisconsin. And Heilman's Brewery was right there. You could smell it. What a waste of good grain, you know. Stank, stank. I, I couldn't stand it. Now, if you all have a problem with that, just shut it down. Just listen until I get through and he said, I, I just love the taste of it. I said, I'm going to pray that it tastes like the most filthy, awful stuff. Next time he sat down to watch TV, he popped off the top, put it to his mouth and spat it out. He said, this is spoiled, man. Pulled another one. This is spoiled. Called me up. He said, preacher. He said, what did you do? And I said, I prayed that it would taste like the worst possible stuff. He says, it does. I said, what did you do with it? He said, I poured it down the drain. Better let the folks know in the sewer, huh? It's on its way. So, God was doing some miraculous things in the lives of Clay and Virginia. And he got pulled in one day on a trumped-up charge because he was well-known by law enforcement in that area. And um, I got the word that he was inside. And so, I called up the DA. And I said, I'm come down. I'm going to talk to you about one of your prisoners. And he, he said, who is it? And I said, it's Clay. And I gave the last name. And he said, don't bother. We got him. I said, no, I'm coming down. I'll be there. And I gave the amount of time. That's it. And as I was leaving again, I got another phone call. I picked it up. And it was Clay's sister. Now, I'm not describing her physically when I say she was a witch. She was a practicing Wiccan. She was a witch. She had a coven of her own. And 
And she said she, she was doing her thing to get uh, Clay out of, prison, out of jail. And I said, I'm, I'm going to see the DA. Went to see the DA. DA said, no way. He said, get, getting out. And I said, I've been praying. I'd like you to, I'd like you to let him go. And he says, I, you know what? He says, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to release him OR, which they never would do under those circumstances. They released him OR. I said, why did you do this? He says, I don't know. He says, I just felt, I know why. I know why. On the way out, got collected clay, got him in the car, uh, didn't have any works to give me or anything at that point, took him on home, dropped him off, drove on to our house. When I walked in, the phone was ringing on the wall again in the kitchen. I picked it up. It was her voice, voice of his sister, the witch. And she said, your mojo is stronger than my mojo. Now, I don't agree with her theology, but I agree with the, the thought behind that. God can do anything. His love is so strong. He can save a lost soul. He can make a person ready for heaven. He can clear the, I mean, he can clear the deck. He can do whatever needs to be done. I believe in the power of Almighty God. How about you? Amen. Don't tell me that you can't serve a loving God because things have gone wrong for you. That love has been extended to you that you in turn might become that vessel. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Ephesians chapter 5. That's it. That's it. When I read through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I find that the word charity, meaning love, the highest form of God's love, agape love, used nine times in 13 verses. God's love is incomparable. God's love is indescribable. God's love is unending. God's love will never fail. Charity never faileth. Amen. Because of that, as we have quoted the Scripture this morning and every Sunday this month, we ought to love the Lord the thy God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind, and uh, we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. So let's love the Lord because He's first loved us. Say, so how can I love Him? You need to love Him with that same love that He loved you first. Love Him with a commitment that will never stop. Don't get up in the morning and say, well, I don't feel like loving God today. It's a commitment. It's a lifetime promise. For all eternity, let's love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. Let's love Him completely and entirely. Let's love Jesus Christ because of who He is and what He's done for us. Jesus left the bright noonday. I mean, so bright your eyes, your human eyes, my human eyes could not even behold the brightness of glory. He left the brightness of glory and He came to the darkest uh, and the gloomiest of midnights here on earth. He came down to a sinful world and He came down to seek and to save the lost. He came for you. He came for me. And I'm just, I, I'm draw, drawn and I, I, I'm driven to my knees and I say, Lord Jesus, I, I can't imagine why you would do. And love is why. Love is why. The love of God emanates from God. The love of Jesus Christ emanates from Christ. And it should flow through us. And we should love all of those that God has placed on this earth. And we should love them to Jesus Christ. Love everybody uh, without discrimination. Without, uh, without uh, differences between people and levels and degrees of love. Well, I, I can love somebody who behaves nicer 
than somebody who doesn't behave so nicely. Well, where did that come from? That's humanistic. That's wrong. You need to get rid of your humanistic ideas. Your humanistic ideas came from hell. Get rid of those ideas. Love people because they need it. Love people because God loves them. Love people because without love, they're not going to make it. They're going to bust hell wide open. So when I see people and they've done such damage to themselves, yeah, they might be victims of their own self uh, willful living. But that doesn't make any difference. God still loves them. Jesus still died for them. We ought to love them. We ought to, we ought to love the saved. You say, well, sometimes I can't get along with people who ought to know better. Oh, so make up your mind. Love people who've, who've done damage to themselves. Love people who uh, don't love me back and they ought to love me because they, they know Jesus Christ or profess to know Him personally. No, we need to love people in all shades and all degrees of conditions in this world. Period. Love the lost sinner. Love the backslidden saved person. Love the person who doesn't treat you right. The person who doesn't, doesn't uh, do the, the right thing for you in respect to that. Jesus loved them unto the end. Jesus loved them no matter what. There is a, a love that is available to you that can be passed along to others that's unlike any other. You see, the love that the world talks about isn't as bright a light. It isn't as lively a life. It isn't that which lasts for a lifetime. It's that which is conditional. That which is based upon what others do and say and think and feel rather than upon the very nature of the love itself. God is love. There it is. Based on the person of Jesus Christ, actually the triune God. Let's think about that. For example... Jesus Christ, how did he behave when the little children, you know those little children get on your nerves? You know those little children? No, I love little kids. But the disciples didn't necessarily. And they rebuked those that were trying to bring the kids to Jesus. And Jesus said, suffer the children, permit the children, and forbid them not to come unto me. Because guys, I'm going to teach you a lesson right now. Here it is. The way these kids are, that's the way you have to come to God through Christ. Simply. Basic. Simple. Not all this complexity. You know, working up. We've had a lifetime. I don't know how long you've lived. I know how long I've lived. I've had a lifetime to, uh, to make it very complex. And sometimes it's way more complex than it needs to be. I like the Gaither song. Jesus sat at the table with his disciples and says, there's two things. It's all about loving God, loving each other. Loving God, loving each other. How tough is that? We make it complex. We put all these conditions on it. We put all these other emotions and feelings and experiences and we list this and we list that and so forth. It's just very simple. Jesus said, it's real simple, guys. Love God, love each other. That's it. Based on the person and the ministry and the work of Jesus Christ. We need to love by the book, too. I'm glad for a Bible that's inspired and preserved. There's no mistakes in it. Amen. Amen. The Word of God. And Jesus Christ went about doing good, filled with the Holy Ghost, full of the Word, filled with the Holy Ghost. Think about that. 
When I think about the filling, how important the filling is, I don't want to get the wrong idea about it, nor do I want to in any way mislead you. This unfailing, unending love, when we sing about love that will not let me go, love divine, all love's excelling, love found a way, love lifted me, and we think about Scripture, love never faileth. When I think about something so magnificent, I don't want you to get the wrong idea about what I'm going to say next. On my own, on your own, we're not very lovable. And we're not very loving. That's true. But when Jesus comes in, and we let, in the person of the Holy Spirit, we let Him have from the soles of our feet, the crown of our head, the tips of our fingers, everything inside and outside, everything we own, everything we ever hope to be or become, all of our choices, everything that we count as our own. And we bring those things to Him. I think about that song. One by one, He took them from me, all the things I valued most until I was empty-handed. Every glittering toy was lost. He wants us to come to Him, give Him everything. He wants to take it, use it, mold us, make us. And we will be a much better you, me, we, us. And if we just decided to try to do this on our own. So I, I got a plan. I've read all the books. You can read every book outside of the Bible. You'll never get a clue. So, well, I'll get people to help. You can go to every institution. You can take every course. You can graduate from everything. You can accomplish every, every human goal in life. And you'll not have a clue about what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is embodied in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, I'm bringing my whole life to you, Lord. And he says, all I want is you. And he steps into us in the person of the Spirit. And he fills us so that everything we think and everything we hear and everything we say and everything we touch and everywhere we go, it's all about Jesus. Not about me. Not about mine. Not about what I hope and aspire to. It's all about Jesus. You who have accomplished great things in life, God bless you. I salute you. That's wonderful. And I'll be the first one to make a speech and lead the applause and the cheers for everything that you accomplish. But without Jesus, it doesn't mean a thing. It's all about Jesus Christ. And I trust today when we extend an invitation, you'll say, I agree. It's all about Jesus. Or from here on out, it's all about Jesus. It's not going to be about me. Oh, love, that will not let me go. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking. And how many of you today would say, Preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Come on, let me see it right now. Something spoke to my heart. Amen and amen. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all for Jesus. It's whatever He wants. His will to be done. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me talk about it right now for a moment. How about your personal life? How about what you like? How about what you desire? The scripture describes that blessed person. In his law doth he meditate day and night. You delight in the law of the Lord. You delight in the Lord. 
Is that your highest goal? Is that your greatest thrill in life? Jesus Christ, in and through your life, having everything, speaking, walking, living through your life to touch the lives of others. How many of you right now say, that's what I want. That's what I want. Put your hands up high. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want Jesus to live through me. I want Jesus to touch the lives of others. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, whatever's messed up in your life right now, that's the solution. He's the answer. Jesus is the answer. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you can remember a time and a place when you prayed simply and said, Lord Jesus, I want you to come in my heart, save me, take away my sins, be my personal Savior. Can you remember a time like that? I've got my hands raised. How about you? Can you remember a time like that? I remember praying and asking Jesus to save me. Amen. 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 If you don't remember, would you do that right now? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just pray from your heart to God. Something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to slip your hand up right now so I can see it. I prayed that prayer and I meant it from my heart. Amen. If you'd like to come and publicly profess Christ, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be standing down front. This is an invitation song. We'll sing a verse or two or several. And while we're singing, you just come from where you are, shake my hand, say these words, I prayed that prayer. I'll have someone show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that this has happened to you and you can enjoy the fullness that we've talked about, the Lord living through your life, and you can be a blessing to others. We want you to come. Maybe you've been saved, but you've never been scripturally baptized since you've been saved. Won't you come and say, I'd like to be baptized? Or you'd like to join the church, I'd like you to step out. Or maybe you're praying for somebody. Right now i got my hand raised. I'm thinking about somebody who needs Jesus. How about you? Put your hands up. I'm thinking about somebody who needs Jesus. Yes. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Many times I've tried and tested as I travel day by day. Oft I meet with pain and sorrow and there's Thank you.